Good morning. How are you guys doing today? Awesome. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. For those of you who do not know me, I want to welcome everybody that is watching us online right now. Thank you so much for tuning in and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. All right. We are kicking off with a brand new series called uh, World versus the Word. Come on, we're going through a biblical worldview versus worldview series. Um, I just want to warn you, it's going to be a long series, okay? Just, just get used to seeing the graphics because it's going to be long, okay? Um, as I was preparing uh, the message this week, uh, the Lord literally changed the whole message on Wednesday morning. Um, uncomfortable for me because I've been preparing, right? Uh, but the Lord just stopped me and said, you're, you're trying to do too much. You're, you're trying to put too much in one message, okay? And even today, uh, I, I warned first service, I said, hey, we're just going to let the Holy Spirit rip this morning. And um, usually when that happens, my messages become less filtered, okay? Filtered, more filtered by the Holy Spirit, but less filtered. And so if you get offended today, uh, I'm hoping that you stick around long enough to get delivered. Come on, somebody. Uh, I want to thank, before we get into it, I want to thank Pastor Don for preaching milk to meat last week. Come on. As she preached about sanctification and also uh, submission, which is always an easy talk, uh, topic to talk about in church. Come on. When we look at the things of this world, okay, when we process information, we are processing information through a lens, okay? We're making decisions through whatever lens that we're looking through. And it's easy for our lenses that we're looking through to become farsighted or nearsighted or to just become blurry. And that is why we need Scripture to correct our lenses. The Bible tells us that without vision, we perish. And that's what Scripture does. Scripture gives us vision to our lenses. And as you sit there this, this morning and you're thinking about it, my question to you would be, how... What lens are you filtering the world through? What lens are you filtering your marriage through? What, what lens are you raising your kids through? What lens are you filtering your free time through? What you're watching, what you're listening. What lens do you filter your career through? You see, we all filter the world through a lens. What, what lens are you filtering everything that is happening in culture? We all filter the world through a different lens. And my hope through this series is that we would allow Scripture to correct our vision. Amen? Come on, let's, let's pray before we get... We get rolling today. Come on. Father, we thank you for this moment. 
Father, we thank you that, that this is your moment, Holy Spirit. God, I thank you for everyone that's in this room today and watching online. Father, I just pray right now that you'd open our hearts, that you'd open our minds to your eternal word. God, I thank you that we can gather together as a church, as a people seeking you, God. And Father, I know that you're going to show up today, God. I know that you're going to show up in our hearts and our minds. You're going to do something new today. We just come against the father of lies right now. In Jesus' name, we bind and rebuke Satan away from our hearts and our minds. Whatever happened this week, I pray right now in Jesus' name that it would be washed away. That we'd be focused on your word today. God, get me out of the way. None of me and all of you. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. And amen. Real quick before I forget, once I get rolling, sometimes I forget about stuff. Um, if you do not have a physical Bible, okay, we want you to have a physical Bible, okay? I read from the, my, you know, my phone sometimes or from a tablet or I listen to it. But as your pastor, it's really important to me. And as we get into this today's message and throughout the, the week, you're going to understand why I want you to have a physical Bible in your hand, okay, and be able to, to, to read it. Um, we have paper uh, reading plans that you can grab and you can open up your Bible and kind of go through the reading plan and then cross it out. Again, there's nothing wrong with your phone, but there's just, for me, there's just something important that you have a physical Bible, and after the message today, you're going to understand why I want you to have your own Bible so that you can read it and reference it on your own, okay? So that's our free gift to you. If you don't have one, please go uh, to the Welcome Center and get one. Also, if we don't have an updated email, please let us have an updated email um, today. I'm going to be sending out a, uh, a biblical Bible worldview survey tomorrow, okay, it should hit your email, and if you don't get it, it's probably in your junk folder, okay, it's going to take you one to two minutes to go through, um, and you'll get the results instantly, okay, um, it's anonymous, okay, so I'm not going to be asking you, you know, why you got three questions wrong uh, next Sunday, okay, um, <laughs> I'm not going to be doing that, um, I will get an overview of just kind of where we're at as a church's file as far as how biblically centered we are. Now listen, surveys don't work if you lie on them. Okay, this is the point of lying. I'm not going to get the results. You will. Okay, this is just a gauge for yourself to see how you process the world, how much you use Scripture to make decisions. Okay, so that's going to hit your email uh, hopefully uh, tomorrow. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Again, it'll take about one to two minutes um, to go through, okay? All right, here's the big question. Why are we doing this series? Why are we doing this series on Scripture, okay? Now, we got halfway through the message first service. Come on. I warned them. I said, I don't know how this is going to go, you know? Um, we're just going to work through it, and so we're, I, I think we're going to we're going to land at 50%, uh, maybe 52%, I don't know. Um, uh, we're, but we're just going to be, we're just going to be paced by the Holy Spirit today, all right? 
Why are we doing this series? 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. Let me give you some quick context uh, before we dive into it. Paul is writing this letter to his spiritual son, Timothy. Now, I, I talk different to my sons than I would you. Uh, I, I speak to them way less filtered than I would speak to you, okay? And what I love about the book of, books of Timothy is that Paul is completely unfiltered with Timothy as he's writing this letter to his spiritual son. Now, Timothy was a pastor, and he pastored a very large congregation. So we need to understand that this context is, yes, Paul is talking about Timothy, about things to look forward to as far as the coming of Jesus, but he's also talking to him as a pastor and how to lead his church, okay? So this letter is talking about church people, okay? Timothy, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, there will be very difficult times. Now, next week, we are going to, see, we got through one sentence, okay? That's how it's going to go today. Um, <laughs> next week, we're, we're at seven points for next week, and it'll probably be 10 by the time we get there, but we're going to... We're going to go through historical data. We're going to go through scientific data. Uh, we're going to go through um, archaeological reports. Um, and because the whole question next week is why we can trust the Bible, right? Because uh, I think we need, we need to land there and understand. So that's, that's going to be next week. Today is to inspire you to get into the Word, okay? Today is to inspire you. Okay, difficult times. If we look around the world, okay, there are some Christians that are going through really difficult times. Did, did you know that, that this book is illegal in 52 different countries? It's illegal in 52. If you get caught with this, you can be arrested, you can be beaten, and you can be even killed for just being possession of this book. We have it pretty good here in America as a follower of Jesus. The Christian faith has been more, it, it's been Persecuted more than any other faith in history. And what Paul is saying to Timothy is, hey, look, there's going to be signs to look for that you're going to start to understand that's going to be happening in culture, but that you're going to have to teach through your church through it. And that's what we do here at Passionate Life Church. We bring culture in. We talk about the word because I feel like it's important because we're all living in culture. We're all living in the world, right? And culture, and I don't want to skip ahead, okay? We just need to know, I'll get to it in a moment, okay? We just need to know that at any moment, Jesus could return. And the reason why we see this through Scripture time and time again is because God wants us to live with a sense of urgency. We've lost that, right? Jesus told his disciples he'd return soon, okay? And listen, God's definition of soon is different than ours, okay? Days like a thousand years, a thousand years like a day, okay? His, his time is different than our time. But one of the reasons why the disciples were so effective of, for reaching people for Jesus and discipling is because they had this sense of urgency that God could come back at any moment. Church, we need to get that sense of urgency back. 
We need to get that sense of urgency back that Jesus could return at any moment, at any time. Because every single one of us, if we knew that we only had one week to live, we would, we would steward that week differently. So we're going to be coming into difficult times, okay? So here are some of the signs. For people will love only themselves and their money. Okay, if, if we took some people from the early 1900s, okay, and sat them down and said, okay, in 2023, there are going to be millions of people, okay, millions of people that have profiles of just themselves with thousands of pictures, selfies just of them in random bathrooms. They would say, what has happened to America? <laughs> but, but this is a sign of people loving themselves, right? They love themselves, and they love their money. We, we're living in a time of, of people love money. Our government loves money. Our current president and his son love money. This is going to be one of these messages, okay? I'm just telling you. We have prayer time so you can get delivered, okay? And Jesus told us this, that, that hey, man, Money is a God in our lives, and you, you can, can't serve, serve both. And there's going to come a time where people will make money their God in the millions. And here we are in our current society today. People love themselves, and they, man, their lives are led by money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. This is, I mean, this is the generation that's, that's living today, right? They respect no one. Do whatever, whatever you feel like. Just, just do it if it feels good, right? They, they scoff at God. They're, they're boastful. They're, they're proud. They're ungrateful. Man, we have so many people that live in our country that are ungrateful for the people that shed their blood that went before us. Man, there was actually people in our country that were willing to lay down their lives at 18 and 19 years old because they felt freedom was important enough to die for. Church, if we're not careful, we're going to lose that freedom. If we're not paying attention, we will lose that freedom. They will consider Nothing sacred. This book is sacred. And I know, man, you, you can hear all kinds of crazy things from people. They'll, they'll, they'll say this book is not relevant. They'll say that this book is filled with a bunch of stories that are made up. This book is holy, and it's sacred, and it's been inspired by God himself because he loved us enough to write us a book that we can live our life on. 
there's, there's something sacred, and, and we're going to go through this more in detail as we track through this, this series about certain subjects, hot-button subjects in our society today. But God calls marriage holy and sacred. And he calls for it to be between one man and one woman. President Obama decided to make something that's sacred unsacred when he passed a law that allowed same-sex marriage to take place in our country. Guys, this is a sign, okay, that we're in the last days where what once was sacred, what once was unthinkable in society now is normal, and it's going to get worse. If you're not already throwing up in your mouth when you look at culture, you will soon. I'm preaching better this service than I did first service, okay? <laughs> they will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. <laughs> There's no rules when we look at how the culture lives. This is a sign. Paul's, Paul's telling his spiritual son, hey, there's going to be a time where people will just do whatever they want to do with whoever they want to do it with and thinking that there's no consequences in doing it. There will be no self-control. Let's continue. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, love pleasure rather than God. And so, Remember, Timothy's a pastor. He's talking to a church. What Paul is saying is that they will love their sin more than they will love God. They will love staying in their sin more than they will love God. Here's verse 5. This is the one that you can highlight. You can circle it. They will act religious. <laughs> no, 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 pastor. I am a Christian too. No, yeah, I'm, I'm religious, just like you. Well, then why do you believe in same-sex marriage and abortion? No, I'm a Christian. But they will reject the power that can make them godly. You can leave that up for a moment. They will reject the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit so we can experience the power of God. What Paul is saying to Timothy, look, you're going to have a bunch of people that will show up to your church that think they're Christians and not have the power of the Holy Spirit. They will have no fruit. They won't talk like Christians. They won't act like Christians. They won't think like Christians. And he's telling them, listen, do you've got to preach to these people. You got to preach hard to these people. You have to address these things. This is got church. This is why Jesus made this statement to a bunch of people who thought they were religious, thought they were Christians. He looked at them and he says, "I never knew you." But I went on a mission trip. 
but, but I gave $35 in the offering plate that one time. I never knew you. You acted religious. But you didn't. You never let the Holy Spirit in. You never let the Holy Spirit convict you and transform your life. You did it because you thought you wanted fire insurance. <laughs> I'm a Christian too. Guys, this is the sign, one of the signs of the last, last days. A bunch of people are going to say that they're Christians, and wait till you look at the statistics that I'm going to bring up today. But they reject the Holy Spirit. Pastor Donald talked about sanctification last week. He talked about submitting and surrendering to the Holy Spirit. Listen, nobody likes conviction. I don't like conviction. Why? Because it makes me feel uncomfortable. But the reason why the Holy Spirit wants us to get uncomfortable is so that we can be comfortable in His presence. And listen, perfection isn't the goal. It's never the goal. But the sanctification process is that every day we should be transforming and changing to be more and more like Christ. We will live in a society, we will go to churches where people act religious. They say that they're Christians, but they will reject the power of the Holy Spirit, the very thing that can transform us, the very thing that can set us free from our sin, from our addiction, from our depression, from our anxiety. They will reject it and they will choose drugs, they will choose something else other than the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is the state of the American church today. It's literally like Paul is writing to the American church. Stay away from people like that. Paul is saying, look, preach in such a way where either when those people come, either they will leave or transform under the power of the Holy Spirit. Matthew 24, 4 through 5, Jesus says this. He says, watch out that no one deceives you. We are living in a seven-year cycle. God does things in seven-year cycles. We are living in a cycle that I believe we are coming into great deception. We are coming into a season of great deception. Jesus says this, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. We've seen that happen, and, and people will claim to be the Messiah, claim to be Jesus. And, and so I want to I come from it two different angles here as I talk about this, because I think, I believe Jesus is talking about two different types of people, okay? This people that gets deceived by someone who, who comes on the scene and claims to be uh, the Messiah, these are, these are dumb people, okay? Low on the intelligence scale, Okay? I mean, can you imagine your, your, your neighbor, Bob, coming over to your house and knocking on your door and being like, I'm the Messiah, come worship me, right? Like, 
I'm slamming the door on Bob, hiding my wife and kids, and calling the police, okay? What I think God is also, Jesus is talking about in this passage, is Jesus is warning us that people are going to come and they're going to preach a different Jesus. They're going to preach a different Messiah. It's going to sound kind of good, but they're not preaching the gospel. They're not really preaching the gospel that is in this book. And many people will be deceived, believing in a Jesus that isn't in this book. And I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Most people are okay with a Savior that looks like Superman that swoops in and saves the day. Not many people are okay with a Savior that we have to sacrifice and lay down our own lives and desires and carry our own cross. Oh, you, mean, you mean I'm actually signing up to do work? Oh. Second Timothy 4, 3 through 4. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. What's sound doctrine? Sound doctrine is when we preach from this book. Unashamedly, we preach from this book. Even the scriptures that we don't like. Even the scriptures that make us uncomfortable. We are living in a time today where people don't want, Americans don't want sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will gather around preachers in great numbers who will make them feel good about their sin. Andy Stanley, one of the most prominent and popular preachers in America. And I know some of you like him. But he, his conference that he's presenting soon, he has two of the main speakers are men who are married to other men. And so he's gone off the rails and he's preaching, affirming the homosexual lifestyle. This is going to happen more and more and more. People don't want sound doctrine. People don't want to hear that they're living in sin and they need to change their life. And, and I mean, we're living in a society, and we'll probably talk about it at some point, that people would rather be woke than be awakened by the Holy Spirit of God. They'd rather patronize people in our society than, than hurt someone's feelings. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myth. They'll, they'll believe stories that sound good more than 
scripture that can transform our lives. They'll, they'll attend churches that sound more like TED Talks in, in three ways to live your best life now than you need to repent of your sin. You are a sinner. We're all sinners, and you need to repent because Jesus is coming, and you need to get your life right. You need to stop loving your sin and love God. We are in a time of deception. Artificial intelligence has come on the scene. It's been around for a while, but it's just making more and more advancements. And I don't know if you've ever used it, but it's pretty cool. Honestly, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, but they've already stated that they're going to have artificial intelligence write a Bible, okay? Now, I don't know if they're going to go line for line and, and have the artificial intelligence, you know, recreate every verse, Old Testament, New Testament. They might, okay? They might. And again, this is why you need to have one of these in your house that you can hold and open up because we, man, there's a great deception that is coming. Artificial intelligence is going to write a Bible, and it's going to have everything, it's going to be completely politically correct. China is currently writing their own Bible, okay? And we'll talk more about this next week, but I saw an excerpt from this Bible. Somebody posted it. Um, and I don't know if they're going to go through the whole, the whole Bible, but I know they're going through the New Testament. And it, this is very scary because the majority of these stories are, are very similar how they're writing them, okay? And the story that I saw was the story where the woman's caught in adultery. They bring her out in, in front of all the men, and they're holding stones, right? And then Jesus is there, and, and Jesus is looking at them, and he's, he's drawing in the sand, and he looks at them. Whoever, uh, who, who, whoever hasn't sinned cast the first stone, right? Because under Jewish law, they could stone her. Under Jewish law, that they were commanded to kill this woman who was caught in sin. And Jesus is like, all right, whoever hasn't sinned, throw the first stone. And they all drop the stones and walk away. Okay. In the Chinese version, they all walk away. Jesus then picks up a rock and looks at this woman, woman and says, I am also a sinner, and smashes her skull with a rock and kills her. Can you imagine, though, this is your first exposure to what you think the gospel is? Can you imagine if this is your first Bible that you ever get, and you come out of reading that passage thinking that Jesus is a murderer, and a killer, and a sinner? Church, this is what's coming. This is why we need to know the Bible for ourselves that we're reading it on a daily basis. And for some of you, the reason why it's so hard is because Satan does not want you to get into your word because Satan knows that the word of God will transform your life, your mind, your heart, your words. I don't know how long ago I um, presented that study. I mean, time just, I don't remember. <laughs> Um, but it was an old study about biblical uh, literacy. 
And so this is a brand new one, okay? This is a brand new one from 2023. This is our current state uh, in, in America. According to America Worldview Inventory 2023 from the Cultural Research Center of Arizona Christian University, the first national study of Americans' worldview since the COVID-19 lockdowns shows that the incidence of biblical worldview has fallen to a mere 4%. 4%. A drop of one-third from the 6% recorded just three years earlier. This is our current state of America. How many Americans think that this book is important? How many people are, are processing the world around them in their lives through a, a biblical lens? It's 4%. Let's continue. And so I, I picked out two things that I thought were relevant and important for us. I mean, it's a very long study. Um, but for us today, and here are the, the key findings. Most Americans, 68%. <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a Christian too. Almost 70% of America still consider themselves to be Christians. Can you imagine if our country was actually filled with 70% of Christians, what our country would look like? Nothing like the country that we're seeing today, if you're just wondering. Among these self-identified Christians, though only 6% have a biblical worldview, less than half of the self-identified Christians can be classified as born again, defined as believing that they will go to heaven after they die, but only because they have confessed their sins and accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. So, half of them don't even have that basis of theology. Within the born-again population, just 33% of the adult population, a shockingly small proportion, 13%, hold a biblical world view. I think the last time I, I did this study, it was like 15%, now it's 13%. This is the state of the American church. Let's continue. Last one. Age has a consistent correlation with biblical worldview incidents. The younger a person, the less likely they are to be an integrated disciple. What's an integrated disciple? It's someone who has a, a biblical worldview. Among adults under 30, just 1% have a biblical worldview. The incidence rises to 3% among people in their 30s and 40s, 5% among those ages 50 to 64, and peaks at 8% among adults 65 plus. George Barna, and we're going to be doing his survey this week, if you take it. He does a lot of different surveys. He's been doing from decades. And he saw this study. And he said that church... We have a whole generation that is standing at the edge of a cliff of biblical literacy. And if we don't do something fast, we're going to lose a whole generation 
isn't going to know anything about this book. And the issue with that is how easily will they be deceived? No, 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 no. This artificial intelligence Bible, that's the real Bible. I wouldn't be surprised if America, if here in America we wrote our own Bible. I wouldn't pass anything past this current administration. Let me, let me just speak to the, the families that, that are here today. And You brought your kids to church. And, and, and you bring your kids to, to youth group and you, you've got them plugged into the church. You're part of the 1%. Some of you always wanted to be, I always wanted to be the 1%. Well, you're the 1% today. Congratulations. Of the Christian families that feel it important that your children have a biblical world view, not just from yourself, and you should be discipling your kids at home too, this is just an added support that we come alongside of you and give you an added bonus here on Sunday and, and family night on Thursdays and throughout the week, you, you know, life group. You should be discipling your kids at home too. You should be reading the Bible to your kids at home too. But you're part of the 1%. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end there this morning. And I want to end with this, this, this thought today. My grandfather, he was, uh, man, he lived for Jesus 50-some years. He just passed away on Wednesday. And uh, just a giant of the faith and, and just had a precious prophetic gift from the Holy Spirit of interpretation and Whenever I think about someone close to me, you know, passing away, or it's really anybody that I know, people, are, you know, they come up to you, oh, yeah, how you doing? I'm sorry for your loss. It, it, it's, it's hard to, for me to process some of that stuff because I'm like, I'll be honest, I'm a little jealous, okay? I'm a little jelly right now that... On Wednesday, my grandfather stepped out of this dark world filled with all sorts of nonsense. He left it all behind and he stepped into glory. He started his eternal life. Church, eternal life is what we're living for. And so he's, he's had a couple days in, in heaven, and I'm guessing if he could give us one message here today, his message would be, don't waste your life on stupid things. Don't waste your life on anxiety and stress. Forgive quickly. Move on. Keep praying for people that are lost, hurting, and broken. Man, that person that, that God's just been saying that, hey, man, you need to go say something to them at school. You need to go say something to them at work. You need to go say something to them in the coffee house. Man, don't wait. That's the Holy Spirit prompting you to say something to that person because that word that you have for that person could radically change their eternal destiny. I'm not even talking uh, about this life. 
I'm talking about the one that lasts forever, lasting life. And we saw the statistics, guys. We're in trouble. God needs churches like this that won't give up. They say, hey, we're going to stand firm on the word of God. We don't care what happens to the world. We don't care what, what persecution might come to me and my house. We're going to still serve the Lord. We have so many excuses in life why we can't serve, why we can't give, why we can't show up to a life group or lead a life group. We have so many stinking excuses. When we stand before Jesus, there's no second chances. That's it. It's final. It's done. precious gift of life that God has given us. He has a purpose and a plan for your life. And, and, and here's the thing, we, we can get so discouraged by other people, right? We can get so discouraged by doing what we feel like, man, I felt like God was telling me to do that. And, and, it, and it didn't work out, right? Maybe they cussed you out or something. They defriended you on social media. No! Your obedience, okay, is not based, how God judges your obedience is not based how people respond. Listen, let, let me just, now this church right now, we're going under, we're under such harsh spiritual warfare. The most we've ever been since I've been pastor of this church for 11 years. And the reason why we're under such harsh spiritual warfare is because we're moving in a direction that threatens Satan's grip and hold on this community. It's the only reason why. Listen, Satan doesn't attack churches and pastors that aren't making a difference for the kingdom of God. And listen, I would love, I would love this church every Sunday to be filled. I would love every seat to be filled in this place. But I can't base your obedient level on how many people fill this room. Right? Like, I got to be obedient to what God is telling me to preach and do and lead this church. And my heart and my desire for you is that you would experience what I've experienced with God. Listen, I love sin. I mean, I love sin. Sin is sweet. And if you don't think sin is sweet, you're probably doing it wrong. But it leads to death every single time. Church, I want to see God do something historic in this church. I want to see revival. I want to see a great move of God. 
And that happens when a church becomes the 1% and says, man, we're, we're, we're not going to, we're not going to bend right on this. We're going to stand firm on this. We're going to, I'm going to, our pastor's going to preach this. We're going to teach this in life groups and in our kids' church and our kids' services and our youth group. We're, we're going to stand on the word of God because we know this, this will last for eternity. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes this morning. Listen, some of us in this room, we might not have as much time as we think. Man, the, the return of Jesus could be imminent. It could happen at any moment. And maybe you're here today and say, you've never given your life to Jesus. Or you've never really surrendered your life to God. Today is that moment to go all in. Today is that moment to fully surrender to Jesus. I would just ask that every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you today, just slip up your hand. I just want to pray with you today. This is between you and God. Yeah. Yep. Just put it up and put it down. It's between you and Jesus today. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. And I would just ask this morning that we would all repeat this prayer as we help those making the greatest decision of their life today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sins that you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give him a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing. As your pastor, we're now going to transition into the most important time of the service, and that is our response time. Man, the Holy Spirit's been stirring some things up in your heart and in your mind during this time. This is our opportunity to kind of just seal the deal with the Lord. And so what we've done is created three stations to help us connect to God. The first station is the station of the cross. We've got pieces of paper up here. You can write whatever you want on that piece of paper and stick it to the cross and say, in Jesus' name, it is finished. On that cross, Jesus said, it is finished. What is finished? Everything is finished. Some of us have been holding on to some things that God's like, no, 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 I finished that over 2,000 years ago on a cross. Just give it to me today. So you can do that during this time today. The second station is the station of our altar. If you just want to come and get along with God, you can do that during this time. And then our third station is the station of our prayer code. This is where we invite the power of the Holy Spirit into every situation and circumstance. Listen, there is no circumstance, there is no issue, there is no problem, there is no sin, there is no addiction that is bigger than our God. So I want to invite you today. Now, whatever you're going through, don't struggle alone. Invite someone on your journey. Invite the power of the Holy Spirit into your life today. If you can, stand to your feet. We're going to pray. We're going to worship, and we're going to respond today. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here. We thank you that you're in us, and you're moving in us today. And so, God, we just ask that you would have your way right now in this moment, Father. We thank you that we're here. We thank you that we can have this response time.
God, have your way. Stir up things in our hearts and our minds that we need to put on the cross and lay at the altar and go get prayer for right now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, we love you. We thank you for what you're going to do in this moment. In Jesus' name.